Welcome to Whose Podcast Is It Anyway? A show where our host engages in a lively conversation with the guest. The guest chooses the topic and the host has no prior preparation or knowledge of the topic. Please note that the opinions expressed on this program are the opinions and views of the host and the guests and are not necessarily the same opinions and views of Al Seeger or Point of Insanity Game Studio. And now, here's your host, Chad Knight. Good evening, and welcome to Whose Podcast Is It Anyway? Episode 48. Welcome to my nightmare. This week, I'm going to let some of you see a part of me that usually is not seen, unless you're part of my inner sanctum. That's right, I'm going to let you, the listeners, know about what I like to do in my free time. Well, when I have free time. To begin with, and this is probably not a shock to anyone who has listened to more than one episode, I like to roleplay. Not like that, you sickos. More in the realm of fantasy roleplaying, or horror roleplaying. Games such as Dungeons and & Dragons and Dungeon Crawl Classics, which is a new game I just came into contact with that is a lot of fun. And, and others, but uh, those are the two main that I'm doing right now. You know, that's the high fantasy stuff. Then as far as horror stuff, it's Call of Cthulhu and High School of the Damned, which, if you've never played High School of the Damned, it's a zombie game where all the players start off as high school students, and you have to work with the stuff that you have around you. Um, so it's not guns and shotguns. Well, unless your parents have a shotgun, and maybe you can get there from the school to your house to get it, but otherwise it's like baseball bats or... Uh, you know, a crowbar out of somebody's car or something like that. So it's it's really kind of a very gritty kind of zombie game, but it's a lot of fun because, quite honestly, you're playing high school students, and it's kind of funny. So anyway, outside of gaming, I like watching baseball and football. Baseball, I follow both the Wisconsin Woodchucks, as they're the local hometown team, and, of course, the Milwaukee Brewers, being a Wisconsin guy. I've been to many games from when I was a small guy and would go to County Stadium until today. I've watched the greats like Robin Yunt, Cecil Cooper, and Raleigh Fingers. For football, there is only one team, the Green Bay Packers. With guys such as Brett Favre and Reggie White and Aaron Rodgers, how could you be a fan of any other team? And yes, that's a Wisconsin thing. We, we are very much into our football, and we're very much into the fact that if you're not a Packers fan, you're not a true football fan. It's just one of those things. I like to read and write. These are things I enjoy doing when I'm not working the day job or working on a podcast, which means pretty much never. <laughs> I, you know, these are the things I like to do and like to encourage others to do. So with that, this week we're going to keep it short and mindmare. Now, I know this week's mindmare, like I said, is short, and that's bound to happen from time to time. It just seems we have more time for our guest this week. Our guest this week is not the guest that I was expecting to be doing this week because Unfortunately, Max Beatty, the gentleman who was supposed to be on here, had some medical issues and was unable to make the podcast, which is bad, or sad, I guess, not bad, but on the bonus side, we get to talk to Tim Bishop again. Now, we've talked to Tim once before, and we talked about addiction to games, uh, video, both video, role-playing, whatever, games in general. I've known Tim for a long time, and, well, welcome back, Tim. It's glad to be back. Great. All right, so... Since you were here the last time, I've added a portion to the show called Five Questions. Are you ready? We'll find out. <laughs> All right. They're not hard, I promise oh. you. The first question is always the hardest one. Yeah. It is, it is, from the beginning of doing this, this is the one that seems to stump people. So let's see what you got here. What's your favorite food? Hmm. I would have to say sushi. 
Sushi. Yeah, okay. I love sushi. I can't. So get raw fish and vegetables. Well, it doesn't and... always have to be raw fish. They can do uh, crab. Uh, imitation crab is a lot of that. Um, or smoked fish is in a, a little bit of sushi as well. See, um, I've been. I I haven't eaten a lot of sushi in my life for the simple fact that I'm allergic to fish. Right. But I have had some like crunchy. They call them like crunchy chicken rolls and things like that. Yep. They're made in the style of sushi, but without fish. Right. And those are always good. I, I got to say, I do enjoy those. But um, all right, next, your favorite band or musician? Uh, I got a, I got a rotating stock of band. Okay, bands then let me ask the question this way: If you were on a desert island and you were allowed to take one CD with you, who would that artist be? Uh, probably anything from the Gorillas. Okay. Now, I'm not familiar with the Gorillas. What kind of music? Um, gosh, it's hard to explain. But do you remember uh, Feel Good, Inc.? Mm. No. Uh, what about, uh, gosh, what was it? It wasn't Dirty Harry. It was Clint Eastwood, the song. I'm happy. I'm feeling glad I got sunshine in a bag. It's, it's, like, a, it's like a hip-hop kind of soul okay but it, it's very um electronic and rhythm rhythmic as well okay they're they're a digital band they're they're cartoon characters but they've got um band members so right. it's, it's 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 a drawn and animated band it's really good i'm sure a lot of I'm listeners gonna, are gonna have honestly to know. <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna have to check these guys out because it sounds interesting i'm not a huge into the to the hip-hop and rap stuff they're very light and soulful. Okay. So, like, if you listen to the lyrics, it's got a lot of meaning in today's world about um, how, like, politics is run and stuff like that. And okay. Treating treating the earth better, you know. Uh, one of their, a lot of their songs specifically lately, um, the last CD, I believe, was called On Melancholy Hill. Okay. Uh, and a lot of their songs have to do with, like, um, Gosh, there's one called Plastic Beach, Rhinestone Eyes, you know, stuff like that. It's, okay. it's very, I don't know, I want to say, like, ecological. <laughs> okay, okay. So at least their song titles are, but that right. has nothing to do with the actual, like, cleaning up the environment and stuff like that. But it's, it's a very, they're a very interesting band, and a lot of people know them because they're played very heavily uh, in the... Early to mid two thousands. Okay. Um, with again, um, what was it? Clint Eastwood, Dare, and uh, Feel Good Inc. were like three of their major songs played over and over and over and over again. Well, I'm gonna have to check them out. That's that's a definite. Yeah. Um, but see, for old people like me, music kind of ended at about ninety five, ninety six. <laughs> I just kind of. That's okay. I like some of that stuff too. <laughs> Question number three: What's your occupation? Uh, currently I'm a stay-at-home dad. Um, uh, last time we spoke, I was a college student. I think so, yeah. Um, or just about to enter college. And I went through one semester and realized that we couldn't really afford it financially. So now I am full-time stay-at-home dad, part-time, uh, National Guard member. All right. Well, thank you for your service. Number four, what's your favorite game? <laughs> it can be video, it can be board game, well, it can be, you know. There, there is no favorite. I have hundreds and hundreds of games currently. Um, 
And, so uh, what's the one you're playing currently? What are you currently on? Right now I'm playing Borderlands 2. In fact, it's it's on in the other room because I, I just paused it and stepped in here to do this. Cause, Fair enough. Uh, but yeah, I mean, otherwise I've been playing a lot of um, mobile games. And one of the ones that I play a lot currently right now is Mobile Legends. And it's a, it's a MOBA or a multi-lane battle arena type of deal. It's okay. 5v5. Player, real players. Is that the one you showed me players. not too long ago? Yep. Yeah, okay. Yep, last time we spoke, I kind of showed you after the, yeah. the session. Cool. All right, and finally, what is your favorite form of entertainment, whether it be podcast, TV, radio, video games? You... Yeah, you, you mentioned it right there, video games. In fact, you just kind of stopped and looked at me. Yeah, because yeah. I kind of knew. Yeah, it was, it was pretty obvious right there. <laughs> this is the part where you get to tell us more about Tim, fill us in. What have you done since we were here last? You know, what what's uh, on Tim's mind right now, with, with except for the topic we're going to talk about? Right, right. Just a lot of stuff has happened. I received some money from the National Guard for going to college, which was nice. Yeah. yeah. Um, but currently, I'm not doing too well in the National Guard as I'm not keeping up with my physical fitness. Ah. It's very difficult for somebody who's gonna be 30 soon to uh, to keep up with that. It's it's easy to to maintain, but once you stopped maintaining, you go on a decline really really quickly. And uh, I'm finding it very difficult to climb that steep hill again to get back to where I need to be. Uh, so I'm kind of feeling the pinch on that. Okay, so how much time do you have left in the guards then? Um, my contract is for another three and a half years. Okay. But if my physical fitness doesn't get back to where it's supposed to be within regulations, I'll have about four more months in the military. Okay. So I have four more months to make, make regulations. Well, you have a better chance than I do. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's <laughs> uh, because I made it through basic training, but, uh, you know, they... It's, it's so in the topic of, on that topic, it, it's easier for guys like you to, to lose more weight quickly. Yes, absolutely. Than it is for somebody who's in, in relatively okay shape. It, it comes down to really, for, for me, um, currently diet is, is really difficult. Um, I'm trying to cut sugar. Like, I drink a lot of soda, as many gamers do. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so I'm trying Switch to Switch to diet. It, Oh, I'd rather drink water. <laughs> I really would. I can honestly tell you, I can I can turn you on to a couple diets. If you like the regulars, I can turn you on a couple diets that are pretty damn close. My wife, uh, I'll drink Dr. Pepper 10 okay. every now and then. Like, I'm Dr. Pe Diet Dr. Pepper is one of them I was going to say. It's yeah. very close to the original. It's, it's about the only dark soda I drink. Do you like Mellow Yellow? No. <laughs> oh, okay. That's I'm, I'm a Pepsi guy. I, I drink okay. Mountain Dew. All right. Now, Diet Mountain Dew and Mountain Dew taste nothing. Oh, like. my gosh. I accidentally got a Diet Mountain Dew out of a vending machine once, didn't even look at it, cracked it open, and I was like, wow, this tastes terrible. Yes, Diet Mountain Dew and Diet wow. Pepsi. Diet, Diet Mountain Dew and Mountain Dew taste nothing like. However, if you like Mellow Yellow, Diet Mellow Yellow is pretty damn close. Maybe I'll have to try that. Maybe um, I can just jump over and make a switch. Yeah, so anyway, but anyway, let's jump into today in history, and then we'll get back to your topic. Today in history, I get all my history facts from www.history.com slash thisdayinhistory. 
June 30th, 1962, Sandy Koufax pitches first no-hitter. On June 30th, 1962, Sandy Koufax strikes out 13 batters and walks five to lead the Brooklyn Dodgers to victory over the New York Mets 5-0 with his first career no-hitter. Koufax went on to throw three more no-hitters, including a perfect game on September 9, 1965, in which he allowed no hits and no walks. Sandy Koufax was a talented all-around athlete from Borough Park in Brooklyn, New York. His first love was basketball, and he attended the University of Cincinnati on a basketball scholarship. His impressive left arm, however, attracted the attention of Major League ball clubs, and in 1954, he was signed to the Brooklyn Dodgers. Despite his promising talent, Koufax won just 36 games to 51 losses from 1955 to 61, and was incredibly inconsistent, blowing hitters away one game and walking runs in the next. Finally, advice from veteran catcher Norm Sherry turned Koufax around. As Koufax recounted in his autobiography, Sherry told him to take the grunt out of the fastball. From 1962 to 1966, Sandy Koufax executed what are arguably the five greatest seasons by a pitcher in baseball history. His newfound control limited his walks from 4.8 per game to just 2.1. His first no-hitter on this day in 1962 saw him walk five men, but after six innings, he had already struck out 12 batters. He pitched a no-hitter every year after that until 1965 and led the Dodgers to World Series wins in 1963 and in 1965 and the National League pennant in 1966. He won four World Series games with a .95 earned run average and 61 strikeouts for his postseason career. Koufax won three Cy Young Awards, 1963, 65, and 66, all of them unanimous. In 1965, he struck out 382 men, breaking Rube Waddell's 1904 record of 350 by 32. According to longtime Dodger broadcaster Vin Scully, Koufax was so well regarded that he would often receive a standing ovation from fans while just warming up for a game. Sandy Koufax retired after the 1966 season at just 30 years old because of arthritis in his elbow. He was elected into the Hall of Fame in 1972. That's a hell of a career. Right. <laughs> I know you're not a big sports guy. Well, so I, as you were talking about that, I was thinking like a no-hitter, right? So you've got – you have to throw at least – at the very minimum, three strikes for each hitter, mm -hmm. and you have to get three per inning. So that's nine times nine. You have to throw, what? 81 pitches. 81 pitches at the very minimum, over and over and over and over again to mm -hmm. not hit. That's kind of impressive. <laughs> well, yeah, and there's a difference between a no-hitter and then a perfect game. Right. Perfect game is I where heard, you... I heard the perfect game yeah. go in there, and I was like, that's Yeah, the perfect impressive. game is... Uh, you know, 27 batters. You face 27 batters. Nobody gets on base. You don't walk anybody. Right. I mean, so that that is a feat just in and of itself. Right. I mean, a no hitter is hard enough. But right. now's the time, Tim. What are we talking about today? What's what's our topic of discussion? So it, it's kind of a a thrown together topic of discussion. But... Well, that's fair because I did <laughs> kind of not give you a lot of time yeah, to you, prepare for this. How many hours he gave me? Like eight? Yeah, maybe? something like that. Maybe, pretty close. <laughs> But so I guess the topic that I wanted to talk about today was dealing with life with twins versus a, a single kid. Because I get this question a lot, or, or maybe not question, but anecdote while I'm out and about with my kids. Because I'm a stay-at-home dad, I, I do a lot of uh, running around town with my kids, and I'm, I'm just one guy. Right, yep. <laughs> so a lot of people always ask 
you know, ask me, oh my gosh, are they twins? And I say, yes, yes, they're twins. And uh, inevitably the, the comment comes around that, oh, that must be double the work. You know? Okay, before we get into that, I, I, I have to tell you that there's a funny, there's a funny story. So my youngest daughter, mm -hmm. it, who is now almost 16, but when she was little, when she was, I, yeah, yeah, you're telling me, you're over there with your brain going, I'm like, I have a kid leaving for college this fall. So, right, yeah, that blows my mind too. But, uh, so it was Molly's birthday and her cousin Zach, their birthdays are less than two weeks apart from each other. Mm -hmm. But they're two years in age and difference. Right. So one year we decided they were going to do a joint party. So we went and we got a cake and it said, you know, happy birthday, Molly, seven, and Zach, five right right take it up to the counter and the lady looks at the picture and she goes oh, that's so cute are they twins and oh. i couldn't help myself i'm like yeah the one just took a lot longer to come out and my <laughs> wife smacks me oh and my gosh so that's that's <laughs> so and and so we have a, a friend who has a kid as well okay who's their, their kid is five weeks older than our kid and we frequently go out together right um we go out to uh, Wassail Hall's free concerts every weekday or every Wednesday uh, mm -hmm. in the summer. And we go out to the concert on the square, they call it, uh, all the time with her and her son and our twins. And people will look at us and go, oh, my gosh, are they triplets? Because they both – all three of them have blonde hair, blue eyes. They're very similar in stature. I mean, obviously, he's a boy, so he's a little taller and maybe a little more um, well-set. But every time, and I just go, no, this is ours, and I, I kind of hug my kids, and I'm like, these are ours, and that one's hers, and people always just kind of like, the, the first instinct is their, their minds just kind of like look back and forth. They sometimes do a double take, and they're like, wow, they really look like twins, and no, no, they're not. They're no, it's just, our, our triplets, well, I'm sorry. You know, but at that point, kids, all kids up to a certain age kind of all look the same. Right. You know, you can, unless you look at the way they're dressed or or the way that the parents interact with them, you right. can't really tell the difference between a boy and a girl. Oh, and we would get that all the time. So we would have them dressed both in, in pink and purple, and we had car seats that were pink and black, and we would have bows in their hair, and, like, we'd have a, a bright pink... Uh, uh, diaper bag and we'd be carrying them around and people will walk up and go oh my gosh are they twins and we'd be like yes they're identical twins and then the next question would be so are they a boy and a girl and um, it makes you wonder sometimes what people how stupid people can be well and, and I don't know if all these people just forgot about like sixth grade health class and like eighth grade biology but let me let me go back and recap for you just in case you aren't sure. I mean, it, it has happened. This is a very frequent question I get. So it's not out of the realm of possibility that our current listener might not actually know. But identical twins means that there is a single egg and it splits and it becomes two separate human beings. But when that egg is fertilized, gender is determined. So anything that happens after that has to be identical. So when the egg splits into two separate human beings, they're, they're both identical. the same gender. Yep. <laughs> they're both the same person. In fact, um, some twins go so far as to even have the same fingerprints um, and same 
actual genetic DNA. Like they have exactly mm-hmm. the same everything, which isn't always the case with identical twins, but it's a very high probability. Okay. Um, in fact, identical twins is the only way that you can get something also called mirror twins, which is that they are 100% symmetrical in that normally your heart while sitting in the center of your chest is slightly offset to the left. Mm-hmm. Not, it's not over your left, right. you know, uh, chesticle, as I say. Your chesticle. I yeah, like that. Your chesticle. Um, it's actually more center, but just slightly offset. Mm-hmm. Um, in mirror twins, you will find that the mirror twin is offset to the right. Oh, really? Yes. If any kind of deformity that they have on their left side, the mirror twin will have it on their right side. Uh, they are 100% symmetrical and mirrored, and we actually know one mirror twin, well, a set of mirror twins, though wow. they happen to be much older. Right. Yeah. Um, no, that's that is not that is something I had never heard of uh, a mirrored twin, but that is kind of a neat concept. Mm-hmm. So now, getting back to what you said initially, is it twice as hard to have twins? I say. And it's... and can you answer that question because you've never had a solo child? Um, I've never had a solo child, but I have taken care of a great many mm-hmm. children. Uh, I come from a large family, and part of that was taking care of your siblings. Um, and then after I graduated high school, I went on to live with uh, friends uh, here and there. And instead of paying them rent, I took care of their children uh, as like a live-in nanny type of deal. I would uh, feed, cook, clean, and generally take care of their children whilst crashing on their couch for uh, six months or something like that. So, I mean, I have had a daily routine with a single child. Okay. Um, But I want to say, no, it's not double the work. It's not exactly as easy as taking care of a single child, but I want to say it's like 1.25% of work, you know? It's it's 125% work. Uh, Because if you get a good system down, and you get them on the same schedule, and you keep that schedule, it really makes things a lot easier. And I'm not a scheduled person. I am not a, a planner, a packer, a organizer of any sort. What? What? I know, right? Uh, you can see my fridge right now. I have a meal plan for the for the week currently, and I've already broken that meal plan. What? One, two, three, four, four times, and it starts on Sunday. And I have four meals up there, and I've already broken it four times because, well... Because you're Tim. It's been rough. (laughs) (laughs) Because you're Tim. Um, And the the reason it was broken was because my my wife went to Chicago and left me home alone with the kids. And um, children raising children. Children <laughs> raising children, right? I'm gonna be 30 years old, and I'm a really big kid. <laughs> um, hey, I'm over 40, and I'm a really big kid. So. Well, and tonight we were supposed to have um, spaghetti. That sounds good. Right, uh, but I didn't make spaghetti because I made it last night because I forgot to put the chicken in the crock pot for the barbecue chicken that we were supposed to have last night. Right. So we're gonna have barbecue chicken tomorrow night instead of grilled chicken. Um. But anyway, so the the point that I was making there is, uh, yeah. Well, uh, it doesn't matter one or two kids. Schedules are hard to keep when you have kids. Right. It, it just is. I mean, anybody that goes into parenting thinking, eh, this is going to change the way I live. 
Oh no, no. Wrong. Dear, dear God, no. You you learn to have I, I have an emergency stash of stuff like all around the house. I've got uh granola bars and I've got goldfish crackers and fruit cups stashed oh, yeah. all around this house. I could probably reach into any cupboard and pull out something to pacify my children with. Um, and you learn that really quickly, especially with twins. Um, we opted for pacifiers for the reason of, holy God, we have two of them, and if one of them starts screaming, we needed to be quiet <laughs> for, for sanity's sake. Right, right. Um, had we only had a single child, we probably would never have even touched pacifiers. Not once in all of our lives, because now we're, we're getting to the point where um, we're potty training. Okay. Uh, potty training is going well. After potty training is 99% complete, we plan on moving them into their own bedrooms separately upstairs. Uh, they're, they're two right now, and they can already navigate stairs very well. Um, so once potty training's done, we want to start getting ready for our next kid. And to do that, we have to move the children upstairs because we want to keep the nursery on the main level. Um, so the children have to be in their own room. So now, do you guys expect issues with moving and separating them? Um, we're going to kind of leave it up to them. Like, we're going to set up a bed in both rooms and see if they will separate. But if they won't, we're perfectly fine with uh, putting them together in a single room. Um, okay. That'll, that'll really be up to them. Because we let our kids make a ton of decisions already at the age of two years old. Um, we ask them what they want to eat. We ask them what they want to be dressed with. Uh, we let them choose their breakfast every single morning. We have yogurt, waffles, cereal, eggs, pancakes. Um, we ask the kids, you know, what do you, what do you want? Do they, do they tend to choose the same things? Um, no. Oh, okay. No, no, no. So like one, every now and then, most of the time, yes, they, they, they choose something that they can both eat. Uh, but sometimes, I, I want to say like 30, 30% of the time, they'll say, well, I want waffles. And the other one will say, no, I want yogurt. And we're like, okay, we can do that. Or mm. one, you know, if, if it's something that we can accommodate, absolutely, we'll let them be different. Um, we, we ask them, so we have a nightly routine where we read them a, a book before bed. And that one is that one. We get a higher percentage of time where they don't want to choose the same thing. Um, well, that means they get longer before they have to go to bed. Yeah, and you, you have to get in the, in, the, in the brain of a child to understand oh, that one. Yeah, and and they they know, but essentially, uh, we'll ask them. We give them like four choices of book, and uh, we'll ask them. You know, oh, do you want to read uh, When Your Dreams Take Off and Fly? And one will say, Yeah, yeah, let's let's read that one. And then the other one will be like, No. No, no. Well, okay. Do you want to read uh, Llama Llama? Um, and the the one who said, well, you know, yes to the dreams take off and fly, will go no. And the other one will be like yes, or or we'll get another no, and then we'll move on and, and keep going. And uh, eventually, they both kind of agree on one of them, okay. or if not, we'll just start sitting down and reading one of them, and then they'll just be quiet and listen because well, we're reading a book, so. Now, every time I'm around your girls, they're very shy. Oh, yes. Yes. Are, are they talking a lot yet? Um, we're getting there. So I call this the warm-up period 
where um, they take one of them takes about 10 minutes to kind of warm up to people it's not that she's she's an she's an evaluator mm -hmm. she wants to make sure that whatever situation we're in is okay to be in before she jumps in um, and then after that warm-up period where we're okay where we're talking to people we're you know reading people and stuff like that then she'll get in and she'll be like hi 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 and um she doesn't really like to be picked up by people but she will wander around and she will do her own thing uh she'll wander away from us which is kind of scary sometimes but yeah, um, i can see that i don't want to i don't want to stifle that very much because I want her to be independent. Yeah, but there's a, the there's a difference between allowing yeah. being independent yeah. and being like, oh, where'd my kid go? Yeah, and, and I've had a couple instances of that of like, we're out um, at a park. There's a, a school that's two blocks away from us, mm -hmm. just up the street, and I take them over there every now and then. And summer school's going on. So we go there uh, mid afternoon, say three o'clock sometimes. And, uh, that's summer school's going on and they have like a, a small recess, like a 15 minute recess where they'll come out and they'll get on the jungle equipment. And I was out there one time and I, I didn't know that recess happened around that time. So, um, we're out there and my child is, I want to say 70 feet away from me. I can keep eyesight on her. You know, if I, if I'm kind of moving in between play equipment, but she's off doing her own thing. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. I'm trying to keep closer to the one that's not quite as adventurous and, and, you know, reassure her cause she's sitting on top of a slide. She won't go down it by herself, but she just likes us. She likes me to know that she's there okay. in case she ever decides to go, which she never will. Um, despite, despite all coaxing and, and it's okay. I'm right here. I'll hold your hand. I'll, mm -hmm. I'll, I'll wait for you at the bottom. And she just will never go down the slide. And then all of a sudden students start pouring out of the school and I'm like, where did my child go? I cannot see her. <laughs> There's, you know, probably like 20 kids out there and my children are two years old mm -hmm. and these kids are probably eight, nine, maybe right. 10. And I'm like, oh crap, you know, now I got to go find my kid and I, I got to grab the other kid to go find that kid. And I've got to, it was slightly, uh, Heart stopping? Yeah, a bit. <laughs> um, panic inducing. We've all been there, my friend. We've but, all been there. But for the most part, I mean, they, they don't wander too far. I gave her a little more latitude that time because we're, we're in, a, in a school yard and it's, it's completely enclosed. And I'm right. standing by one of the only exits. There's two others and I can, they're both within my eyesight if I'm standing in one direction. Um, so she couldn't have gotten very far. And it's it's not a very big schoolyard. It's one hundred percent fenced in. Right. Um, so and I, I was I was pretty okay giving her a little more latitude there, but and then all of a sudden adding, you know, fifteen, twenty kids to the mix and Right. And kids so, that aren't looking for a little kid either. Right. Oh my gosh. And and my kids get run over because not only are they smaller than most other children but they're just small yeah, yeah. They, well, they they're themselves two. well yeah but they're smaller than most two-year-olds even well look at the stock they came from right yeah I'm both, not, both you and ashley are not you're not overly tall you're not big people i am slightly shorter than your average caucasian male yes um i i stand at about five seven and my wife is five six so we, we're 
My wife might be a little tall for a female, but uh, five six I think is the average for women. It might be, but five 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 six something like that. And either way, I'm I'm kind of short, and I'm the shortest of my family, and my kids are destined to be short too. I looked up the formula for how tall they might be. Uh, based on their age and their current height, and then they say you should multiply that by two to find uh, how tall your children should really be. And I'm like, well, my children are going to be like five foot four. <laughs> Which is, it's actually kind of funny because I am the tallest one in my family uh-huh. at six foot one. My dad is five ten. I have a brother that's five eight, and I have a brother that's five six, something like that. And and. I have a daughter now that is five foot four. Yeah, <laughs> and she's not growing anymore. You know, she's done. Well, yeah, my 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 youngest brother. So it's it's a inverse uh, relationship between age and height. I am the oldest, and I am the shortest. My sister is the next oldest; she's the next shortest. You know, and my right. younger brother is taller, and my youngest brother is the absolute tallest uh, at six foot two. Okay, and he's like. He's probably 140 pounds and six foot two. But it was funny because we couldn't figure out where the height came from in our family. I mean, six one is is tall for a it's, knight. It's it's pretty tall. I it's mean, not super tall for other guys. I mean, there's a lot of guys out there that run that six one, the six two, yeah, six foot, six two type. Mm-hmm. But for a knight, that's pretty tall. Yeah. And we couldn't figure it out. And I was doing some research into the family, and on my mother's side, now her dad was five foot four. Yeah. But he had three brothers. Yeah. And every one of them top seven feet. Whoa. Holy cow. So we know where the height came from. Right. You know, from that side of the family. But it's like, it was so funny because we somebody had found a picture of my grandfather with his brothers. Oh, my God. And he's just like tiny. I, and he came up to her waist, maybe. And, and the funny thing is, is he was the youngest of all the boys. Uh-huh. And... I don't know what happened. Maybe mm-hmm. she, maybe grandma liked the mailman better than yeah, great grandpa or something. The mailman, you know? yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but it was just one of those things because he had these these huge brothers, Goliath brothers, and then he's just this little guy, you know. Yeah. But yeah, no. What's it's, his name, David? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, I get you there. Yeah, there get you. Go. <laughs> Come on, Tim. You're not supposed to dip into the Bible, are you? No, not really. But <laughs> it's fun every now and then. <laughs> so, what do they? Kids nowadays, do you have them? Are they doing the, you know, laptops, computers, that kind of stuff yet? So we, we've debated that a lot, me and my wife, and we want to stay away from it as much as possible. But there are just some instances where, God be damned, you just give them something so that they shut up for a minute. Um, and we do that in the morning specifically. Okay. We give them, oh, I'd say about half an hour of... And it's it's wholesome stuff. Like we we downloaded the PBS Kids video apps. Okay. Uh, so they can stream uh, PBS Kids television shows. And uh, right away in the morning when they wake up at like six thirty, six fifteen, five forty uh, in the morning, and we're not ready to get up yet, which is every single day. Well, yeah, I can see uh, that. We bring them into our room, and my wife has a tablet and. We have, we can lock the tablet, and, and my wife has her phone, and we can lock her phone as well. And each of them get a device, um, and both locked on the PBS Kids app, and we just let them watch videos in the morning. 
Okay. So, I mean, essentially, it's, it's like letting your kids get up and watch television while you sleep. Right. But they're in the same room as us, and we just like to sleep. Right. Well, you know, and, it, and it's a thing where in this day and age, they're going to have to know, know how to do that stuff. Yeah. And, and trust me, my children at two years old already know how to um, power my iPhone on by hitting the home button and then swiping up to get to the camera uh, and then taking selfies of themselves, which they smile for and everything while holding the camera. And, and you can sometimes hear them when you're in another room because I, I never tr I try not to leave my phone with them because if you have an iPhone and you incorrectly input the password too many times, it'll lock your phone down Right. Uh, for 5, 15, and then an hour. Um, so I try not to do that because I like being on my phone too. Um, <laughs> and I don't like it when it's locked. So I try to bring my device with me wherever I go. But when my children get a hold of it and I'm in another room, I can tell they're taking selfies um, because you'll hear them go, cheese. <laughs> they'll do it over and 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 over again. I probably have like 200 pictures um, in my phone of the couch and the floor and the ceiling. And, and up their noses. And up and... their noses. And yeah. I, have, I have quite a few cute pictures where she's smiling and then something and she's got crazy hair or something or yeah no she's got a my girls used to do that too they would just they'd snag your phone and that's all they wanted to do with it was take pictures oh yeah yeah they, they can't do anything with it besides take pictures and or make emergency calls which they know how to do because they like the dial tone of course yeah so now being the father of twins mm -hmm. what what has been the father of twins taught you that maybe somebody that doesn't have twins wouldn't learn. I don't want to say, uh, uh, so keeping a schedule mm -hmm. and, and that's kind of the whole topic I was trying to keep start with right. here. And then we keep talking about this, but, but really keeping a schedule is, is what I learned the most. Um, and I don't want to say that it's not important for people with single children, uh, but it's, it's much more potent when you get off your schedule with two children because when you when i said that you don't have twice the work with two children mm. when you get off your schedule it becomes three times the work with two two children so there's there's a greater differential of of uh <laughs> of of pain and, gotcha. and displeasure when one child eggs on another child and if you have two kids you know what that's like oh yeah but um, so, but if, if you do everything at the same time with two kids, mm -hmm. it becomes less work. But when your children are intentionally making it more difficult for you to do things as such, um, it becomes more work than just two children. You, oh yeah. You end up with three children worth of work. And, and I remember times like that. Now my girls aren't twins, but they are close in age. They're only 19 months apart. Right. So I remember times when, uh, especially when Molly was a baby, uh, my youngest one, when she was real little, like up to two years or so, and Emma was up to about four, I remember we'd get them up in the morning, you know, and you have to get them both dressed, so you dress, I'd always dress Emma first, get her ready, you know, and set her down, go 
take care of Molly, come back out, and Emma's buck naked running around the house flinging her diaper around, you know, woo, kind of thing, you know. And it was just like... You were dressed two minutes ago. What yeah. happened? And then you can't find half her clothes. Cause oh, yeah. Where'd she put it? Hanging on the ceiling fan. No, I never had that one, but... <laughs> I've come close. It's so. I it's mean, good thing I have high ceilings. You've been you've been through that though too. I'm sure where you get one kid ready, you go to get the next one ready, and by the time you're done getting that kid ready, it's oh no 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 See, because we get them ready at the same time. Um, they can do most of it themselves already. Okay. So when we go to get ready, um, really it's we we pick out their clothes, their outfit for the day, and then. We ask them, you know, which one do you want? We'll ask one child. We'll ask, you know, Anya one day. We'll ask Sarah in the next. Mm-hmm. Which outfit do you want to wear? And they'll point to it, and then we give it to them. And then we say, okay, it's time to put on our shirt. And they will put their shirt on. And we'll go, okay, it's time to put our pants on. And they'll put their pants on, both of them, at the same time. Or, you know, I'll, I'll help one as the other is actually getting ready. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we'll come out and we'll have breakfast. Um, and then if we've got anywhere to go for the day, we'll say, okay, it's time to put on shoes. So grab your shoes, kids. Every, you know, they'll grab their own shoes. And then I say, come sit down in the living room and and I'll help you put your shoes on. And, um, we have shoes for children. They're identical shoes, but we've written, you know, like their initial on one. So Mm -hmm. the, the same kid always gets the same pair of shoes. Um, and then I'll just, I'll gather up their shoes and I'll say, okay, this is for Saren and this is for Anya. Sit down. And I put them next to their correct feet and they will put their shoes on themselves. Okay. So, I mean, they, they're really pretty good and independent about getting ready in the morning. Um, so we don't have a whole lot of problems with that. My girls could do that too. I just didn't have the patience to wait for them to get dressed. So I would, I would help them. The kids are really excited to go places and to, to get dressed by themselves. Like when I, when I say that we're giving them independence and choice, uh, it's, it's really done a lot for them and they are, they're pretty confident about being able to get ready and do things. Um, we give them not chores per se, but we ask them to help us with things like, uh, currently we're unloading the bottom rack of the dishwasher they'll take the item out of the dishwasher and hand it to us and we'll put it in the correct place and they take turns doing that uh they help us feed the animals in the morning um i will give them uh the bowl and they'll hold on to it and i'll fill it with a scoop and they'll put it down for the animal we have four cats and a dog um so i just stand by the the feeding bin and they'll bring me the bowl and i scoop and i put it in and they'll put it back down um so they 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 help a lot Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that it has something to do with their personality as well. Well, enjoy uh, it while you can, cause yeah, it doesn't last forever. <laughs> I'm sure it won't. But, uh, I think, I think it also has to do with their personality too. They, they really do like to help you and help each other. Mm-hmm. Um, like if, if one of them's struggling to put something on, the other one will run up and, uh, you know, like give a firm tug on the shirt to get it over their head or, um. You know, one will, like, try to put the shoes on the other if they're having trouble. So, I mean, they, they're really helpful. Uh, and I don't know where that comes from because it's not from me. <laughs> <laughs> do they do they fight? Um, we're getting to the pinching, biting stage, but really it's, 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 it's not very much. Like, if they fight, um, one will pinch the other and then she'll cry for a minute and then be done. So it's it's never really like 
fisticuffs, fighting, punching. It's it's more mm-hmm. like she wants something that the other one has, so she'll run up and she'll, ah! you know, and then when she can't have it, she'll pinch her. You know, Anya will pinch Saren or something like that, and Saren will cry for about thirty seconds, and then I'll say, "What's going on?" and then the, that's usually about it. Then she stops crying. Uh, Saren will stop crying, and Anya will just go on with whatever it was she was doing before she wanted something that Saren had. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, fighting, yes, um, but trying to kill each other, no. <laughs> and maybe that has something to do with the fact that they're twins, because I know my girls, like I said, 19 months apart. Right. There have been some 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 stuff I've had to break up that has just been amazingly brutal yeah <laughs> you well know? i think it i think it currently also helps that we have double sets of every single thing in this house um every single toy that we've ever gotten for them we we've gotten absolutely we've gotten two of absolutely everything uh aside from like books or something like that where both of them can sit down and read it at the same time we have two dolls, we have two strollers, we have two race cars, we have two chairs at our table for them. We have two two of everything. So when one of them is fighting over something, I say, go find yours. Because chances are it's out laying on the floor and she just doesn't see it. Mm-hmm. And she only wants it because uh, Saren is interested in it or Anya is interested in, in holding the stroller or sitting in the stroller or something like that. So Saren has to do it. Or, you know, something like that. Well, if one of them is coloring, you know, the other one has to color. Um, so at first she might try and take, you know, Sarah might try to take Anya's colors. But if I notice what's going on, I'll just say, hey, here, you have one here. Sit down. You can color too now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't happen very often, but uh, they, they do fight over stuff. But it's, it's never, like, it's never prolonged or... That's good. Butt, unless unless they're fighting over a pacifier because they've lost one, and then they go absolutely ballistic, <laughs> absolutely ballistic. I, I had Anya who was literally crying for forty five minutes because I couldn't find her pacifier. She couldn't find her pacifier. Saren couldn't find her pacifier. Pacifier was nowhere to be found, and I couldn't find any other spare pacifiers. And holy God, was it terrible. But then again, it could have just been the day, too, because, I mean, if, we, if we're doing an activity, they, they typically don't care too much about their pacifier mm-hmm. until we're not doing anything, and then they absolutely have to have it. So, I mean, fighting, it's very short-lived. Okay. Do you dress them the same? Sometimes, yes. Okay. Uh, if if we feel like we're going to do an event or we're going to go outside and, and kind of hang out in the John Q public, um, sometimes we'll dress them the same. It depends on the depends on the outfit, I guess. Um, my wife cares more about that than I do, obviously, um, as she thinks it's very awesome to dress them absolutely identical and very cute-like. Um, whereas I'm like, are they clothed? Congratulations. Does it matter? <laughs> so now the the whole idea of dressing them similar is it just for ease of you go to the store you buy two outfits? Yes. Boom boom. Yeah. They're the same. Who well, cares? Hey, here you got an outfit, a set of outfits on a rack. You find two that are the same uh, same size. Boom, you got outfits for both of them. You know, it's you don't have to hunt and fight and pick through everything to find. It's 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 more of an 
ease of purchase than ease of identifying your children as twins or anything like that. I mean, really, if, if you've got two kids to buy for, you're lucky to find two outfits in the same exact size. So if it fits well, you just buy it. <laughs> and that makes sense. I, you know, cause I... Shoes are terrible. Really? Yes. Oh, my God. Finding two pairs of shoes in the same size that are, are the, the same because um, my wife does have that thing where she wants the, the colors to be the same. Um, so if we're dressing them in an outfit of, like, say, pink, she wants pink shoes. Finding two shoes, two, set, two pairs of shoes in pink in the same, in the same size is nigh impossible. Yeah, yeah, because most of the time, you I mean, you'll be lucky to find, well, I'm always lucky to find shoes in my size, but <laughs> that's because I got a huge foot. Um, but, yeah, I remember just with the girls, you know, even if they want the same style of shoe the next time, just mm -hmm. finding the same style of shoe is like. Yeah, so um, in, in our, our local shopping center mall, uh, Payless Shoes just recently closed their store. Um, which was where we get a lot of the girls' shoes because pay less shoes is you pay less, really. Um, and Walmart typically, it, it, if you've ever walked into the shoe department of a Walmart for children, it's horrible. Oh my god, it's not that great for adults either. Half honestly. the shoes are on the floor. One of them is always missing, <laughs> uh, even though they're banded together. You, like I don't even understand how, but you'll have like two shoes on the same hanger that are different sizes or styles, and you're like, what the <laughs> and you just kind of like put your head and you palm of your hands and just shake your head and go, why? But, or how? Or how? But anyway, so we we've gone there a couple of times, and it is nigh impossible to find the same pair of shoes it, duplicated um, for the same size. We've gone there once and we, we ended up having to resolve to buy two different kinds of shoes uh, in the same size and even that was difficult to find it two pairs of shoes in the same size was absolutely um mind-boggling how much time we spent looking through every single pair of shoes to find two of the same size so what's the strangest thing about having twins oh, man i don't even know here here's one because they're potty training, mm -hmm. we let them wander around without underwear on in the house um, because we've got a potty chair in the living room and they we're, we're I'm trying to get them to do it independently. Like when they have to go, they just sit down in the potty and go. Right. You know, and, and not having to ask me to go potty and then me having to stop whatever it is I'm doing and escort them to the bathroom to take four seconds to pee and then come back out. Right. You know, it's, I'm, I'm trying to get them to go, I have to go potty. I should just go. Boom. Problem solved. Right. Um, letting them roam around naked and seeing them poking at each other, um, is definitely a strange experience and, and trying to tell them, no, don't do that. Right. <laughs> and they just don't understand, you know? Right. And, and, there are many more, but this is just the one that comes to mind because it's the most recent. Um, but yes, just just the fact that they are they are essentially the same physical person, whether or not they're the same um, uh, mental person. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> right. you'll find out if 
if you think people are 100% individual, um, identical twins are also 100% individual. They just look the same. Right. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. My children were born with their own personalities, and it, it kind of blows your mind that children are the, from the very second they are born, or even before they're born, they have personalities. Um, and, and you wouldn't believe it, but the, it's, it's, it's the God's honest truth. And I, I wasn't expecting it the day they were born because, um, the very first time that I met my daughters, one of them was, I don't want to say growling for, for lack of better word, but she was <laughs> grunting and crying and, and just <clears throat> not happy with the world. And then that, that was Anya. Uh, and then the, the second one to come out uh, pretty much in the same minute was serendipity. And she didn't make a peep. She was just like, are we here yet? Okay. What's up, dude? Yeah. Hey, so this is, so this is the world. Cool. Well, you know, but <laughs> you know, and kids are like that. Both of my girls, we raised them exactly uh-huh. oh, the yeah. same. We've done the same things with them. And we've got our older daughter, who's very bubbly personality, very, but very cautious about the world. Uh-huh. And then there's Molly, who's not so bubbly most of the time. She's she's uh, in that enigmatically carefree. Sure. Well, that's the way I put it, man. She's 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 calm. Well, the way she carefree. puts it is she's emo. Emo, yeah. And she kind of is. Yeah. yeah, she's not exactly because when I think emo, I think I guess I think goth. Yeah. And she's not that. Right. But uh, she's kind of emo, and she's um, she gets angry a lot easier than Emma does, and she's very much um, a lot more or a lot less guarded about the world than uh-huh. Emma is. You know, but she's like, yeah, you know, whatever. Something's going to happen. Oh, so, something's yeah. going to happen. So what? Yeah. You know, and uh, and where, like I said, Emma is more of the, you know, she's afraid to to take that step because, my God, it might not go the way I want it to. <laughs> and she gets that from her mother very much. Uh-huh. Um, but, yeah, so personalities, you can do exactly the same things and – um, in fact, my, my wife's sister-in-law is a, is an identical twin and mm-hmm. her and her sister, they look the same, mm-hmm. but they are completely different people. Yeah. And I, I've got identical twins in my family. Um, my aunts, uh, on my mother's side are identical twins and they're, okay. the, they're the oldest children as well. Um, and they're, they're very similar even in personality. So I guess when I was, um, envisioning identical twins for my kids in my head um i have an experience with the identical twins and and for as much as they are different they are the same in their personalities Mm -hmm. um they're both very carefree spirits they both you know kind of do their own thing they both love animals and and the environment and and i see more similarities between the two of them than i see differences so when I had my girls, I was kind of expecting them to be very similar, very, you know, we both like the same things. We both do the same things because my aunts are like that. They're, mm-hmm. they're very, 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 very close. Um, and while my kids do have similarities, the, the differences in my children 
uh, I see more differences in my children than I see similarities. And that has a lot to do, I'm guessing, with the fact that you're with them right, all the time. Right, the general proximity Whereas, of my relationship with them. <laughs> even with your aunts, even if you spent a lot of time with your aunts, mm -hmm. you know, it's still, you've probably spent more time with your children now than you ever have with your aunts. Probably getting close. You know, because so, I, I, I almost lived with one of my aunts for a little while. Okay. Um, but yeah, so I mean, it, it's getting close. Uh, but yeah, I mean, and. I guess I I always saw my aunts as almost the same person. I I knew them differently, like um, from from you know the nephew's standpoint. You know, I knew they were different people, and I've always been able to tell the difference between them. Mm -hmm. But when you sit them both down in a room and and they're talking to each other, and and the the likes and the dislikes between them are more similar than you know anything else that I see. So it just to me, they, they seem more similar than dissimilar. Mm -hmm. And I guess, you know, again, with the proximity of my relationship to them and, and the time spent with them, I, I could be wrong, but that's just the way I've always I've felt. Yeah, yeah that's the way you saw it. That was so, the way, in, in your experience, that's mm -hmm. what you had. So, okay, the last question is, what is the greatest thing your daughters have taught you so far? Currently, um... Uh, so far, I've I've always wanted to to learn sign language, um, and when I I I went away for basic training, and me and my wife had kind of tossed around the idea, and we looked up some basic baby phrases, you know, like um, all done, milk, mom, dad, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, we were both kind of we were on track with it, like we wanted to, mm -hmm. but we never really went too far with it until I got back home where both me and my wife have both started independently, like looking up words so that we could teach them to each other and okay. to our children. Um, like, please, thank you. Um, bath time, uh, bathroom, uh, brushing teeth, sitting down, stuff like that, like uh, commands that we can give our children, like stop or don't do that. And I've always wanted to learn sign language. Um, Maybe not just, you know, like one phrase to help my child, but like conversational sign language. And mm -hmm. I feel like having them and, and, and teaching them is bringing me one step closer to actually um, learning conversational uh, ASL. And now that I've kind of gotten my wife into it, both of us are actually starting to use it um, a little bit more in our daily lives. And I guess I... I kind of enjoy that and I enjoy teaching my children that and seeing them learn sign language alongside me really gives me a lot of a lot of joy because um it, it's it's difficult to learn new languages as an older person um most of your language learning comes in the first 10 years of your life uh you pick up on it the fastest and the more you use it the less you'll ever lose it mm -hmm. um but I've I've learned more than I'll, I've forgotten more than I'll ever know about uh, French because when I was in middle school, you know, you take uh, a few different languages yep. and I was um, <clears throat> fortunate slash unfortunately fortunate to um, have missed out on one of my languages and got a double dose of a second of one of the other languages, which was French. Um, and if you take French in middle school, you don't really learn a whole lot. Right. You learn yeah. like 
my name is, you know, Shemapel Ting. Yeah. And uh, where's the bathroom? Where's the bathroom? And and it, you just learn like five phrases or something mm-hmm. like that in three months. And you know, you you learn the basics of like ABCs and counting in French, and that's it. Well, I uh, missed out on Spanish. I I couldn't take Spanish due to some um uh academic issues with a previous grade okay um (laughs) so instead of going to spanish i went back to a class that i had not passed in an earlier year and during the time that i would normally be doing something else i switched and went to uh french again so i got to learn more french than your typical middle schooler and uh, the french teacher that i had was really great and she would speak to me in french and I would respond. So I was, I was actually learning the language as you would um, use it in France. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of fun. But again, if you don't use that uh, on a daily basis or even a semi-annual away. basis, yeah, it goes away. And it goes away in a quick hurry. And oh, it, yeah. I've already forgotten more than I'll ever I know took four years of French in high school. Yeah. And, and ask, what, ask you to say something in French now. Good luck. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so the fact that I get to, to learn sign language and use it on a daily basis with my kids and, and bring them up, uh, I don't want to say in a, in, a, in a niche, but in a, in a smaller community of people because not everybody is going to know sign language. Mm-hmm. But when you, I think it's, a, it's an underappreciated language to learn because um, deaf people, um, they don't expect anybody to know sign language ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I've met a few, and when I when I say a phrase, they get absolutely lit. Their their faces just boom, instant beaming. They're happy. They're like, oh my god, I can finally communicate with somebody who can hear, and it's absolutely amazing. And when I tell them that I'm just learning uh, to sign, and I need them to slow down, uh, they say, oh, and I say, I know very small amounts of. ASL and they go would you like a pen and paper and I say yes please it's it's easier I just wanted to let you know that I'm learning and I'm very interested in what you have to say you know so mm-hmm. and and they just get absolutely crazy with it and they 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 love it I have a few uh, acquaintances who are ASL and um to to see them just brighten like mm-hmm. immediately, like they go from ev- an average person to like the most excited person in the entire world, right? Uh, in in a split second. Well, awesome, man. I I appreciate you sitting down with me on short notice. Yeah. I think the topic worked out very well. Next week, I'm going to be bringing back a uh, a lady that was on here before. Her name is Tracy Lambrecht. The last time she was here, we basically reminisced about our time growing up. We spent a lot of time together through grade school and into middle school. And then we reconnected after she moved back to town. So it should be fun. I have no idea what she's going to talk about. Do you ever? No, I never do. (laughs) Sure. We have to get all technical here, Tim. (laughs) But no, I do not know what she's going to talk about. And I do not know what anybody's going to talk about. Which is the fun of this podcast. Do you ever wonder to yourself, how do I let this guy know how much I like or hate his podcast? Or think to yourself, man, I'd love to be a guest on his podcast. I have a great idea for a topic. Well, you're in luck. There are two ways for you to reach out to me. 
First, send me an email at whosepodcastisit at gmail.com and leave me an email. Or if you're more into the social media stuff, you can find me on Facebook at POI Network or at Whose Podcast Is It Anyway. Either way, I look forward to hearing from you. And we wrap up this week like we do every other week with the quote of the day. I get all my quotes from www.brainyquotes.com. And this week's quote, as usual, there is a great woman behind every idiot. And that was said by John Winston Lennon, MBE. He was an order of the British Empire. He was an English guitarist, singer, and songwriter who co-founded the Beatles, the most commercially successful and musically influential band in the history of popular music. He and fellow member Paul McCartney formed a much-celebrated songwriting partnership. So what do you think? <laughs> what do, do you I think, think there's the a great woman? Do you think there's a great woman behind every idiot? Yeah. Oh, definitely. <laughs> if if that idiot has had the luck of finding a great woman. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Because there are many village idiots that have nothing. True. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Uh, again. Any thank- any any successful idiot. There you go. There you <laughs> go. So anyway, thanks again for coming out. Thanks for taking the time. And uh, I'm sure we'll do this again. Oh, absolutely. And for everybody out there, thanks for listening. And we will talk to you next week. You have been listening to a program from the Point of Insanity Network. Visit us at poigamestudio.podbean.com for more shows. Follow us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at POI Game Studio.